0: Canada is a nation. Quebec is a nation. Fifty or so tribal groups speaking fifty languages are nations. How hard could it be to create a nation? First of all, we must establish what a nation is and why ought we, who are separate from the left, create one? The dictionary definition of a nation is a large body of people united by common descent, history, culture, or language inhabiting a particular country or territory. Basically this could be condensed down to a group with property. Christian fundamentalists are already a group. We are part of a larger group that identifies with the political right. Christians have property but it is not identified with any church, religious body or any specific nation. Most of our property is possessed on an individual basis and then only conditionally. How conditional ownership is was made clear when the Canadian government seized bank accounts and other property, however nations seize what is called private property routinely. When the police detain you, they have effectively exercised ownership of you. This is why the police who cuffs you becomes responsible for you in the way an owner is responsible for a domesticated pet. Most people in a nation are individuals who have deeds to their property. But these deeds are conditional giving the so-called private owner titular authority only. They have powers which do not directly threaten the sovereignty of the federal government. We are like the Lord with a castle not permitted to have a wall or armed knights. The Apriorian nation, Tan, is a political movement created to build a party dedicated to deregulating markets to create a nation of faith, under God. In this sense it is a religious movement promoting living in faith, and indeed, an expression of the Christian faith. When thinking about what a nation is, they think of the 193 nations which are members of the United Nations. There are also two other nations, the Holy See in Rome and the Palestinian State. Vatican City, Monaco, Nauru, and Tuvalu are all under 10 square miles, and there are 10 nations under 100 square miles. But there is no necessity for a nation or a people to occupy a contiguous landmass. We are all familiar with the granular nature of Western cities. No one thinks terms such as Chinatown or the Spanish District are odd, at least in Western nations. People of a race or culture prefer each other's company and often limit their integration with the larger white English settler group. When whites contribute to the multicultural segmentation of society, it is called racism. But it is obvious cultures do not want to integrate. In this, cultures have an intrinsic sense of nationhood, even when part of a much larger and diverse nation. Governments of the West always call for unity while preaching a divisive, political message. It is important to understand who one contemplates joining. The other is not changing their culture to suit you. Whatever compromise is required to effect a union will be one-sided. There are two main features to a nation, identity and territory. But we must be careful how we as Christians understand nationhood. Our spiritual ruler is Christ, not Nimrod. When the Israelites asked for a king to rule over them, they were referencing Nimrod. It is best we first consider what a nation is according to the wisdom of the world. Though no one can see the boundaries dividing nations, nations are considered geographical things and comprise physical structures, usually but not always contiguous. The people in this geographical area are the people of the nation. Though they will have different identities they are all considered to be subject to the laws of the nation. In the common view a nation is like a room with invisible walls that enclose an extended family. This is the phenomenological understanding of a nation. But this physical understanding of what a nation is encounters several incongruities, not the least of which, is that a nation has no real physical existence. The boundaries of the nation are not real. The establishment of the nation is a legal formality and has little to do with anything physical. A people can occupy a landmass for aeons and not be a nation. A people is not a nation and they do not form a nation until they do it by edict. This demolishes the claim by natives, that a nation established by settlers belonged to them. The nation is not the land. Nations are abstract creations, belonging to those who created it. Christianity ought to have been a people with a nation, but it died stillborn. As with Israel before them, the church, became corrupted by the people around them. They lost their identity and so lost the ability to form a nation. We must, as a nation and as a people, form an identity. As a people set apart, we must come out from amongst them. And this brings us to the mechanisms of nationalization. Biblically this process was to have created the church, but wolves have so corrupted the idea of church as to render it conceptually useless. The A nation is a design to make the leap from being a nation of law to a nation built on faith. Tan helps bridge the gap between a life lived under the law to a life lived in Christ. Christians ought to consider Tan a fundamentalist church but for the sake of clarity it will be better off if it is treated as a political movement targeting the regulatory environment oppressing markets. Galatians 5 verse 9. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. The seed of transformation is a small group of as few as three persons. A exchanges begin the process of deregulating the market. The centerpiece of the legal system are the laws relating to ownership. Pubic and private ownership create unbiblical constraints on the market. If we owned the world and had absolute power, faith would be needed. This is why the Bible asks what good is it to own the world and lose our soul. When man represents the law, he has no need of faith. We cannot even claim to have faith in God, if we do not have faith in the people of God. This is why the people of faith are a race apart and must possess their own nation. We also know that to reject the law does not require an act of congress. That would be a contradiction. It only takes two or three people to create an exchange and start the process of deregulating the market. Regulations are needed for informal economies when accounts cannot be reconciled. An a priori exchange is a formal market that reconciles accounts regularly. To formalize the economy means the need for regulatory frameworks is eliminated. The initial step in formalization a market is to create market elements, a process referred to as capitalization. The exchange must be formally established by the commitment of assets to the market, so it has something to work with. The contributions ought to be compatible with the exchange commercial prospects. If the members are plumbers, then it makes sense to capitalize the exchange with the tools and equipment needed by plumbers. The exchange needs a formal identity if it is to be registered with the state. If the exchange is to be registered, a charitable not-for-profit mission is the best commercial vehicle, at least in the West. The assets transferred to the exchange are compensated for with an issue of preferred shares credited to the account of the investor. This issue is recorded as a unit of account called prefers, a contraction of preferred shares and designated by the symbol prefers function as the currency of the exchange. When doing work or purchasing goods and services from a member of the exchange, prefers are used to complete the transaction. The buyer's account is debited and a seller's account is credited the value of the transaction. When a town is transformed into an exchange, laws are no longer needed. If costs are created they are debited from the account of the buyer. If value is created or transferred the account of the seller is credited. All crime creates costs as do all social ills. Because the exchange always debits the accounts of a person creating costs and credits those who have experienced a cost, justice is always maintained. Laws are not required and the exchange provides full employment without poverty, debt or taxation. The people of the exchange create a sustainable market based on a pool of resources. The exchange becomes the market of the a nation.